What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Brian House, and you're listening to the Work For It podcast. Our primary focus is business in the workshop. And if you want us to see and discuss your work, use the hashtag WFI Projects on Instagram, and we will shout you out and your projects. Did you know you can support our work for as little as $1 a month or $12 a year? Go to patreon.com forward slash work for it to find out more. $12 a year? That's like a burrito. I love burritos. You are listening to the Work For It podcast. It's Brian House in the house, as always, with Dr. Brian Cohn, Sharp Santa, PhD, and a very <laughs> special guest. I'll let him introduce himself. <laughs> Hello, gentlemen. Dennis Terrell here, Terrell Knifeworks. How you doing? Dennis Terrell of Terrell Knife Works, uh, two-time champion. <laughs> I was gonna say two times. That's crazy. And he well, I mean, obviously it for sure. Yeah, undefeated in the knife challenge. Also, the, one of the uh, main coordinators of the of the knife challenges on YouTube. And I am excited to have a conversation where we can talk about that and so much more. Um, as always, you can support the show on Patreon. You go to patreon.com forward slash work for it. And then later in the show, we'll shout out all of our patrons. And we have two new patrons this week. Yay. And we'll be, uh, we'll be screaming out those names and talking all about it. But first and foremost, uh, Dennis... So what's happening, man? How are you doing? You're, you're, are you feeling a little bit more relaxed now that you got the challenge out of the way and you've now taken home the trophy for a second time? You're going you're gonna to get like, uh, what is it, Conor McGregor. You're going to get a little cocky. Little cocky. Somebody, might, somebody might knock you off your off your. Oh, I, your I hope they do. I, I welcome the uh, competition. I thrive on competition. So uh, I can tell. I, I, I can hope tell they you do. like it. Yeah. Yeah, it's been good. It's been a whirlwind couple of months since the first challenge um, for my channel and just things going on. And it's nice to have a little breathing room and have this one passed. Uh, and I don't have multiple projects on the go. So that's nice. 
Yeah, I would. I will say that the genius behind this was to completely slingshot multiple small channels. Oh my gosh! Let me just go off on that for a minute. Holy cow! Yeah. And, my and subscriber count has literally more than doubled since it's since amazing. the beginning of the challenge. I am so, so grateful. You, yeah. So Brian, you have like three hundred subscribers now. Like, what, <laughs> what are we talking here? <laughs> no, Man, I that's just harsh. Hit... <laughs> Three hundred five. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I, I, first and foremost, though, you're right, Brian. Uh, so many people, uh, f- for me in general, because I'm not a knife maker on YouTube. I make knives sometimes on my channel, but um, you know, people finding my channel through this challenge has opened up the door for a lot of new subscribership. Oh, my and also, as I well. imagine it's a cr- incredibly good, um, you know, it's a good opportunity for you because, you know, you make grinders for primarily knife makers. So, you know, opening yeah. their eyes to your products has got to be, you know, a perfect situation. Definitely beneficial. There was, you know, I'm sure there's going to be some, you know, some some business happening as a result of it. But I think ultimately what I love about the challenge and the genius behind it is that it brings together a bunch of people and puts us all in the same room. Mm -hmm. And we're able to kind of discuss because, you know, we've talked a little bit briefly about the Slack channel and, and, you know, everybody being a part of that and discussing like metrics and from a content creation standpoint, it's just like gold because you're able to talk to people like Blackbeard Projects. Right. Who's got almost <laughs> two million subscribers or more? He probably has more than that now. Um, and you know, to hear what he has to say and all, all the other guys. So, Dennis, I'd like to I'd like to know because I didn't really know that I don't know this answer. But what was the catalyst? What was the 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 genesis of this challenge? So, well, it's it start? it started because uh, Aaron Aaron reached Aaron and I have been friends for over a year. We did our own little challenge. Um, and then he reached out to me whenever it was last fall. No, sorry, that was this year. What am I saying? Um, in the spring and said, hey, let's we should do a challenge, like a three-way, four-way challenge. And then he said, he suggested, why don't we invite, and he started naming off like, you know, Green Beetle and all these guys. And I'm like, you're crazy. They're never going to join. <laughs> <laughs> and like some of these guys are the guys that I watched when I was coming up, uh, when I was learning. So I was like, and I'm I'm kind of, the, I, I'm kind of shy in that I'm not the one that's going to cold call people. Aaron has no problem with that. And he <laughs> was the mastermind of getting it started. And then it just okay. exploded after that. And uh, we got up to 10 on the first one. And we actually had to turn a couple of people down because we wanted to keep it to 10 for the first one. Mm, wow. Yeah, I, what I think um, it, what it did was it, you paved the way for this now, I think you're going to see a lot more of this and it might not just in knife making, but in a lot of other things because of its success. And, and I think even I underestimated for the Gyoto challenge in the first one, the impact that it would have. And I, I was just blown away by the, by the amount of people who took the time to watch all the videos, number one, which, you know, 10 videos is, is a lot of videos. And then this one, that was what, 20, we had 19, 18, I think, 18, 18, 18 on this one. And per, I mean, a lot of people watched all of them. 
And, and they're still watching. They're <laughs> oh, still yeah. watching. That's the thing is like I've been watching my metrics. I am continually climbing in that that uh that rate of viewer or views like that it hasn't like started to plateau off yet and it's been what, two weeks almost? Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 actually interesting because uh a couple of guys in the Slack channel screenshotted their um, you know, the views and then it in YouTube analytics it'll show you, you know, your um your average uh, views for a video and multiple people had this like line that was just kind of following the top of the average. And then it just went like, you know, it just cascaded up and then the angle became even more and more obtuse. It's just like, everything's going up and up and up. And then, and uh, you know, I have the same result now. I'm not getting the views that you guys are getting. I'm like around 10,000 views or something on my video, but for a, well, but for a knife making video for me, that's pretty good. Because yeah. I just don't make knife making content. So um, what's funny with my analytics is like, you know, all of my averages are like barely visible on the bottom line. So, you know, I, I, that's awesome. That, that's good. That that's is what awesome. we want. Like right now, um, I think what it, I think it was like I, I normally got about 100 views per video and I'm at like, you know, 6.5 thousand or probably north of that now. I haven't checked in since yesterday, but. It's just like astronomically, you know, jumped my channel up into the stratosphere, which is crazy. It's something that it is, I'm so, you know, I, I keep saying, you know, I'm grateful and thank you. But like, it really means a lot to me that you guys let me join in on this. I, I thought it was going to be, and I was right, it was going to be great hearing you guys banter back and forth about the challenge, <laughs> what you were doing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was one of the best parts. And nobody seemed to call me out on totally abandoning the entire David Bowie um, uh, theme for my knife. I abandoned it because, and it was funny because Dennis like messaged me on Instagram. He's like, "So are you going to try to license like Rebel Rebel for the for the channel?" I I tried to you know just even use the 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 music, and they won't even let you. So like oh, it just so I abandoned the concept. And here doing if you had a million research, dollars maybe. <laughs> yeah, if you got a ton of money, you can use it. Um, but here, after doing some research, you know that David Bowie's real name is not David Bowie. And really? I didn't know this at the time, but he named himself after the Bowie knife. Really? Get out. Really? I what? am not kidding you. <laughs> His real name is like David Smith or something like that. It's, it's like a real common name. And so he wanted to change it. And he literally out. named his name did, after the knife. Did, did yes. you know that but, but when you were thinking of calling not. it the Bowie Bowie? I did oh, not know that. And so <laughs> it would have been even more mind-blowing had I been able to actually, you know, give, you know, do something fun like that and do kind of like a, a theme using a musician's work. But it's just impossible. You know, you can't get it. You can't license it. You can't even use it. Like if you like, he's like Led Zeppelin. Like if you put a Led Zeppelin song in your video, YouTube will just take it down. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. So I didn't want to risk it. Anything that's anywhere close to they'll take you down. <laughs> yes. And I found that out the hard way. Actually, I, right. I actually used I, in the, my initial beginnings of YouTube, I used, um, a Led Zeppelin song or something. And, and, uh, my channel got dinged like big time. Like they took it down. Holy <laughs> so, cow. The yeah, channel or the, the video? The video. And then, um, and then they gave me a copyright strike and you know, you only get like three of those. So in your entire history of having your channel. So oh, wow. uh, I was like, well, I don't want to do that. So I just, you know, <laughs> I stayed away from it. 
But uh, but yeah, well, so all right. So going back to the genesis of this thing with Aaron. So you and Aaron are like, hey, look, let's create this challenge. You you did one before, so you saw some success. I'm assuming uh, with that, and then you figured like, well, if we get more than five or four people, then there's an obvious benefit because if you can convince people like Green Beetle and Sperber Knives and and uh, Blackbeard Projects and Redbeard to all get involved, then the algorithm, it's like we're tricking the algorithm. Exactly. You know, every, it was all about bang, the algorithm. Yeah, it was all about the algorithm and getting, and even we had discussions, and you remember these at the beginning uh, in the first one, where we we're like, should we all use the same title? And then we decided, no, we shouldn't use all the same title. Let's all blast YouTube with titles, but the same similar tags and uh, there was a lot of things that we did on purpose to just to blast like Gyoto challenge and different variations of the Gyoto challenge when we did that. And the same with the Bowie challenge. So we wanted the algorithm to go nuts for a week or two or three and, and just start promoting all the videos. And it worked. It, yeah. it absolutely yeah. worked, which it it's, it's very un, it's not common to be able to, to coordinate something like this and to actually have smaller channels see such growth. So kudos to you guys for putting it together. It was so much fun to be a participant and I'm looking forward to the next one. Are we allowed to talk about the next one or are we, yeah, are we waiting on that? I, I know we're recording this before the, uh, the announcement goes out, but it's at the end of the announcement. Um, so yeah, the next one is the dagger challenge. Yeah. It's going to be huge. Yes, it and, is. And that one's really open-ended because there's a ton of different daggers. So Yeah, yeah. What I think I really like about these challenges is, is it forces me to make knives that I wouldn't normally make, if that makes sense. Like, I'm not totally. a... Totally. I would have never probably made a Bowie knife, and, and it just so happened that I had been experimenting with rasps and using rasps as um, knife material. Mm -hmm. uh, I had a, a, a viewer who has been following along with my journey for a long time send me a whole bucket of farrier rasps from Arizona and they were his father's and I made a knife, you know, for him as a gift as a, you know, to return it. And I had so much fun doing that, that I was like, why can't I make a Bowie knife out of this? You know, like what, you know, and I started researching it and there was very few people that have actually done it and made it look okay. You know, because you're, <laughs> you're, you're really tied down to that small, it's an inch and a half wide by 11 inches or 12 inches. And that's it. That's all you have to work with. And we're still looking for the person who's going to make the first okay looking one. That's what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> we're still looking. There, one of these days, somebody's going to make one that looks happy. <laughs> so yeah, we yeah I love that. I love that, that it pushed me outside of my, my comfort zone. The Gyoto challenge really pushed me because it was my first hidden tang knife. Well, and that's a lot of people yeah. said in this one that um, and there was at least four or five of the makers that said they hadn't done a hidden tang knife yep. and they hadn't done a, a, a knife with a guard. So, same, yep, same here. Yep. That was me. So that's that's cool. I mean, I love, I, you know, when I've said this on my channel before, I like doing builds. I like having something new in every build. I always like to push myself and learn something new which is why I did the bluing and I did some other things that I'd never done. I'm not just going to do the same thing. And believe me, I will, I will bring it for the dagger challenge. I already know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we know you're going to bring it for sure. I mean, I, when, when we saw the voting kind of coming through um, and we saw everything happening, it was like, 
I was wondering, you know, when it's hard to kind of determine that pie chart that we do the voting with. So it's like, it's color coded and you don't really know right. like, which yeah. colors, which, and, um, and I noticed that there was in the beginning, one of the makers had really pushed ahead in, mm-hmm. initially. And I was like, well, I wonder if Dennis is going to get unseated, but, uh, but, nope. but it, it like it turned <laughs> around and it switched around and, and I'm not a hugely competitive person. So I don't do these challenges to win. I do them because I like the camaraderie and I like the, you know, pushing me out of the comfort zone and everything. It would be great if I won one, but I, I mean, it's, I'm up against all these people who are doing snowflake Damascus, like 18 <laughs> right. million later, layers of that shit. And I'm just like, Oh my God. And, and it's such an, it, you know, what's Here's here's what I did. So the day the challenge came out was a Friday. I took half the day and I just popped a bottle of wine and I sat down and I watched. I think I only had a. I could only sit through probably about ten of them at the time, or not sit through, but you know, like had enough time to watch about ten of them. And every single knife video that I watched that was in that challenge, I felt some connection mm-hmm. to that person. And I don't know if you guys had that same feeling. Absolutely. Yeah, totally, totally. Right I, I I did my own in the little Slack channel. I did my own like little awards of the the ones that I I kind of really felt. Um, and even if like they, maybe they didn't do really good in the voting, but some every one of them had some really great aspects to it. Like uh, Logan from Bracken uh, Forge, his was really entertaining. Like I laughed more in his watching his than I did in all the others. And then there's like there's some forging skills, like really good forging skills in in uh, old Hickory Forge and Mystic Mountain. Like every video, I thought, you know, portrayed that person really well. And you know, there was a connection to it after, especially after knowing the person and hearing what they were going to do. Yeah, I I found the same thing. I just dug into the little details of every single person's video. And because a lot of those guys, I'd never watched any of their videos at all. So I didn't even know they existed before this challenge. So it opened my eyes to a whole new series of people to watch and follow. And in turn, they're following me now. So that's kind of cool. And, you know, um, I'm in the same space learning from people who I now have some camaraderie with and I feel like I could reach out and ask them a question and every single one of them would answer, you know, and give me a good, good response. So, uh, awesome challenge. We had, I had a blast. It's so cool that, uh, we can have you on the podcast tonight and talk about it and get a little bit more in depth. Now I want to circle back around to the initial first challenge and the Gyoto challenge and talk a little bit about where you were in social media when that started. I, I I have a vague recollection of you being kind of like in the twenty five hundred to five thousand subscriber right. range. I was so I was at the the day before the challenge launched. I'm pretty sure June first. I was at thirty four hundred subscribers. Okay, yeah, and I, I was kind of hoping that you know I would do well in the challenge, and I had planned um, a video launch that I thought was also going to do well. Um, right after that, the week after that, because in my view, it was all about momentum. (laughs) If I, if I got a little momentum from the challenge, I wanted to keep it going. I wanted to see those new viewers see a brand new, really snazzy video. And the same thing right after that. And then, so that was June 1st. So as of today... If I look right now, I am at uh, 56,000, almost 57,000 subscribers. 
So you you li- literally uh, grabbed your surfboard, you surfed out, you found your set, and then bang, you hit it, and then you were <laughs> yeah. like, "I'm hitting the next wave. I'm taking the next wave and exactly. taking the next wave." Wow, that is that is uh, the foresight to be able to do that is really <laughs> impressive. I'm not kidding. I'm like Man. I I think of it in terms of like. I always think, well, I'm going to do this and I'm going to make this video and then it's going to be a great one. And I'm going to, you know, and it doesn't do anything. And I, mm-hmm. and I'm trying and trying and trying. The reality is, is unless you do these things, like you're describing, like really pushing hard. Cause I think people don't really fully realize if you're not a content creator, how much time it really does take mm-hmm. to create yes. a video. Yeah. And then uh, on that, on not only the video side of the creation, but now like, for instance, you are creating these very ornate, very beautiful, very multi-layered pieces of functional artwork. Uh, it just, it, you know, it's not like vlogging. You know, you're not, you're not just like holding a camera and telling a story. You're literally making something that would take most people, you know, a month or more. And you're and- doing it week after week. The thing that I really enjoy about your videos, Dennis, is when you're building that Damascus, you have the little diagram in the corner that is changing from, you know, process to process as the uh, the structure is. That's huge. Oh, my it God. Helps. I love that. It, it Everybody loves me that. Understand. Yeah. yeah, because that's the that was great, great uh, segue, Brian, because I wanted yeah. to talk a little bit about the. Dennis, your communication skills are mm-hmm. so strong. It's very rare to find somebody that can, you know, make something and create something beautiful and then actually talk about it and like educate while they're doing it. It's very difficult. So where, where did that idea come from where you're showing the layers and how it all works? Um, honestly, I don't remember where it came from. I'm just, even today, I looked at a knife on uh, Facebook or something. I thought, wow, that's a really cool pattern. And the first thing I'm trying to do just from I'm looking at the final picture and I'm trying to deduce how did he get that pattern and I'm <laughs> trying to dissect it and exactly I'm trying to reverse engineer how okay how did he get and I'm drawing it out on paper and that's just how my brain works like I like I need to go step by step so if I need to go step, I figured I'm going to show people how to do step by step and it's not like, you know, I know some makers, it's like, oh, that's their secret recipe and they don't want to give that away. But no, I'm, I feel like I'm an educator. And for me, like I'm, you know, I work in high tech. I talk to people all day. I direct a bunch of software engineers um, and I'm used to doing presentations. So that's not new to me. I'm also a scuba diving instructor. So I'm used to talking and instructing in front of people. So that's kind of, you know, my background and where that comes from. But yeah, I, I like to, I learn pictorially so i'm i was hoping that that would help people it does it's tremendous mm-hmm. yeah it's it's a tremendous way to learn because i've never made damascus before so watching you do it and then help and then seeing the diagrams helps me for my future when i do decide to get into that um to be able it'll help me tremendously you know so it's just a, a, a few things i really like about your channel and i said this to you when i met you at blade show you have great camera presence you're mm-hmm. you know you're you're um you told me at one time that you were just like super nervous a lot like when you first started which is totally normal but it doesn't come off that way you know when i see you on camera you're you're doing a great job and and i think that's another piece of it and we've talked about this and 
in a lot of, there's a lot of makers out there, people in general that try to make YouTube videos that are just not successful. And it's because they're not likable, you know, they're just not, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, you know, it's not their fault. It's just, they're just a different type of person and they're, you know, or they're super nervous or whatever. And you have to be, so you have to have all these well-rounded things. We can't all be sharp on. Santa. That, I, this is it. <laughs> I was just going to say, you know, I just went back a few days ago and watched my, the first video I put out on YouTube and holy cow, <laughs> talk about yeah, nervous. Yeah. D d d I, I don't watch, I purposely don't watch my early videos because I yeah. like, yeah. It's, it's cringy, humbling, right? Yeah, it's yeah, humbling. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, I, it's kind of fun to go back a little bit, but you're right. I I don't do that very often either. But all right, so uh, let's just switch gears just a little bit. Let's talk about you know your your journey as a maker and you know your goals moving forward uh, for you, you know your business and what that means for you you know in in the future. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm still working full time, uh, you know, at the, at the software company. So really, this is still a hobby. And, but when I started, it was, I'll do, you know, I started, I, I was making knives for a year and a half or something like that. And then realized, oh, maybe I'll start a YouTube channel and that will help me sell knives. Now it is completely flipped. I do, I'm, it's like I make knives so that I have content for YouTube. YouTube is what drives me. And I love that because it's like, you know, even my wife, <laughs> Kim will be like, hey, don't you have a video to do? Like, aren't you like, and she's pushing me, like everything is about the schedule of the videos, of which I do two a week. So they're, it's a constant uh, hamster wheel of getting the videos out. <laughs> and that's what drives me now. Wow. So the two a week is uh, your Triple T Tuesday, right? Thursday. You do, it's Thursday now. Oh, is it Thursday? It's Triple yeah. T, so it's Thursday. And then you that's like tool talk and you you're you're going over some of the things that you're learning and it's more discussed. So there's that's not as like intense of a video to make, which is kind of genius in and of itself mm -hmm. because you can do two pieces of content a week and you know your triple T is just, you know, kind of it's a little easier to make. It's not a lot easier, but it's a little easier to make than actually making yeah, the those are the tutorial videos for knife makers as opposed gotcha. to, and that's actually one thing when I started early on, I wanted, in my opinion, I wanted to have um, the build videos be entertainment and not just for knife makers. Because mm -hmm. to get to the big audience, you can't focus on knife makers. You have to focus it as entertainment, mm -hmm. as something mm -hmm. fun for people to watch. Like Blackbeard, like Alex Steele, like... It's not knife makers. It's not two million knife makers watching that channel. That's a good point. This is that's all excellent point. points. Yeah. So that's why I focus the build videos, even though there's some tutorials and like graphics and stuff, but I'm not talking about, I'll drop the occasional tidbit of info, but I'm not, I'm trying to do that not for knife makers. Mm. Yeah, I've often had that same thought about, you know, when we create content, my, my, my niche is even smaller than knife making, right? <laughs> I make tools for people, you know, and I show people how to make tools. And so it's, um, I'm really pigeonholed. So I've often thought like, hey, you know, maybe I should do something a little bit more um, outside of that where it's more entertaining. So 
Uh, you know, my thought moving forward with my new shop and studio and everything is to start bringing people down and start having them come in and we make things together. And it doesn't have to be a knife. You know, it can be anything, it can be sculpture, it can be, you know, uh, whatever it might be. Uh, and that way, and we do uh, maybe make it similar to kind of a campy sort of version of Alex Steele, you know, <laughs> as an, but me being older or whatever than him. But uh, in trying to be, you know, give it a little bit more of an entertaining feel than, hey, this is what we're going to talk about today. And it's tracking, you know, two by 72 belt grinder tracking, you know, like how many mm. people are going to really watch that. Although it blows my damn mind when I see a video of mine go, you know, over. I love that video, views. by the way, that tracking video that helped me a lot. <laughs> yeah, well, it, yeah, it does help a lot of people. And it's, in, you know, it does th that portion of it. I love helping others is is great. But at some point, I gotta, I want to do more, you know, I want to make more, more entertaining content, which I do on in Instagram, you know, one minute at a time kind of thing. But um yeah. You, you said you mentioned age. I'm pretty sure I'm the oldest one in uh, the challenge that we're doing, by the way. Oh, you think you're, yeah, you probably are the oldest one. I think one. I am. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. And uh, I'm right up there with you. But yeah, we're, 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 I'm what? I'm mid 40s. So where are you at? In your... I, I just turned 51. Okay. So we're close. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that, that, that's the other part of this is that there's a bunch of guys in the same room that span 20 plus years and we're all, learning yep. from each other, which is another really cool feature of the, of the challenges that we're doing together. So, uh, I love being a part of it and thank you so much for asking me by the way. And, um, and then also getting to meet you at blade show was a really a treat, you know, to sit there and stand there and talk with you. And, and um, yeah, that was fun. I think we talked for, for geez, going on an hour and a half, just standing there, just chatting away. It just BSing and talking about stuff and yeah, fantastic time. It was really a good time. So I'll be there uh, again next year. I'm going to, yeah. you, you did blade show. West. you know, that's something I wanted to ask you about. How did you do a blade show West? You had a booth and you were displaying. How did it go? So I, um, blade show was a fraction or blade show West is a fraction of the size, probably a, a, a quarter of the size. But um, I had, I wanted a table. I didn't, honestly, I didn't even care if I sold anything. I wanted a table because, again, this is some of that shyness, like of like cold calling and walking up to someone. But now I could stand behind a table with my sign up there and people were coming to me. Plus, sure. Plus, you know, I didn't have to introduce myself, but, you know, I had a lot of fun, but I ended up selling like five, five knives. Um, oh, wow. Uh, I sold a knife before it opened. Another knife maker came <laughs> up and bought one, <laughs> um, which was great. I loved it. And uh, I, I did pictures with like this family that kept coming by and their kids. And and the, the and I, I swear this happened. My wife can – I got to ask for my autograph twice, which was like that bizarre awesome. world. <laughs> How cool is that? I was just going to ask you, like, did people recognize you and want to oh, like, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah, it's neat. It's it blew my mind when I was at Blade Show in, in Atlanta and I couldn't go 10 feet without somebody grabbing me going, hey, can I get a picture? Can I get that? No yeah. one asked me for my autograph, though. <laughs> yeah, someone asked me awesome. to, to sign uh, uh, Laren Thomas's knife engineering book. And no like, kidding. And I looked over my wife like, I don't know what to say. I've never done that before. <laughs> Stay sharp. Yeah, that's, someone Terrell. else said that. 
<laughs> I love it, man. So, so you sold five knives and you made lots of good connections, I assume. Cause you know, you're, you're a West coaster, you're in California. Right. And uh blade show was just South of you in LA, right. Or near there. I was, yeah, it was long beach, which LA. Yeah. It was long. Beach, it was yeah. great, great venue. Beautiful hotel. Really nice. And the focus was more culinary. No, no, right? no. That's the Dallas one uh, is culinary. This oh. one is all, it's just custom knives. Got you. Okay. So this was a custom knife, but you said it was like a quarter of the size. So, yeah. you know, yeah, I gotcha. All right. Yeah. I, I was amazed. Uh, never been to a blade show before. Uh, and when I went into Atlanta, it was how big it was and how well done it was. And, you know, of course we're in the middle of a pandemic and, you know, it just, it just felt great. Everybody was having a great time, great energy, got a chance to meet and talk with so many people that I had met online and talked with for the last couple of years. And it was just a, a good connection point. So I uh, highly suggest if you can make it to either of the Blade Shows, Blade Show West or Blade Show in Atlanta, um, definitely go. And I think, what do they call the one in Dallas and uh, Texas? Ice. It's ice. It's yeah. International ice, yeah. Custom Cutlery Exhibition, I think. Is that put on by the same people? Yeah, it's Blade. Blade. Okay, yeah. okay, I gotcha. Yeah, so, um, all right, so, all right, moving forward. Do you keep up with WFI projects at all, Dennis? Uh, I I listen to the podcast and hear you guys talking about them. I don't yeah, watch, you know, I, like, I don't follow the tag and look at all the items, but I, I hear the podcast. But you're aware of what it is. So, of like, course. You, you, yeah, so we are, um, every week we always, we always dive into WFI projects. So if you have your phone handy or your computer handy, pull up Instagram and search for WFI projects. There's 909 posts as of today. And, wow. Um, that thing and just keeps growing. It's crazy. It, it just keeps growing. And real quick, I want to shout out Brigham Kendell. Because he is on a, he is beginning his ABS Master Smith journey, mm-hmm. and he is with Jason Knight right now, working Dude. and building and learning from Jason and starting that entire process. And he, as you've heard his name multiple times on the show, it's because he supports everything we do. Yes, he does, and. You know, he posts a lot about this trip he's going on, and every single time I just get a little bit more jealous of him. <laughs> That'd be one hell of a of a uh, class to take. So yeah, it definitely would be. Yeah, definitely would be. I would love to go study under Jason, and uh, you know, hey, maybe in the future we should all go do it. You know, hey, let's all do it out there. That'd be kind of fun. Yeah. So he, no he's a journeyman. I didn't know that. That. Uh... Uh, yeah, he's an ABS Master Smith. I'm no, no, sure. not not Jason. Um... Um, uh, bring him Kindle. He's a I German? think this is uh, he's the he's just beginning his this is his first class. So okay, I but think. you said to master. I thought you meant he was at journeyman and he was going to master. Uh no, yeah, this uh, is I, he's I, he's yeah he's being uh, this is his first step and the uh, path I see I get it. I get becoming it. I get a master smith. Yeah, I, get it. Uh, I mean I assume he's going to go that far. I mean who knows? But uh, but yeah, um, I I think that's what he said in his post. Maybe mm-hmm. let me look this up. I've talked to him. Yes, he is starting his journey. As oh, he is. Okay. Yep. Okay. I got you. All right. Great. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to kick off the WFI projects with uh, Tree Swift Goods. He made a nice little leather uh, sheath, or I guess, is that what you would call the uh, little bit of leather on the end of an axe? There's a specific name for I that. I know there is, but I'm oh. not quite in the axe <laughs> world Call Dustin. Enough. He would know. Uh, I know. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, there is a definite name for it. I don't know the name, but, uh, yeah, you're right. It's like a sheath for an ax, but there's a right, name for right, it. Right, right, right. Yeah. 
but yeah, so it's a nice little uh, black leather, um, red, uh, the red stitching and the red, I imagine that's leather strap that goes around it. It's a really sharp looking uh, sheath or whatever you'd call that, but Tree Swift Goods, that's, that looks like a fantastic job. Tree Swift Goods, yes. I like it too. Yeah, he the axe that looks really beat up and, and mm-hmm. you know like it's been around town a little bit, and that the sheath is just like in perfect condition, so it's very cool. Yeah, I like it a lot. I'm gonna pick out uh, Mark Vanderwerf, uh, 118 Blades. He's doing. I don't know if you saw this, but he's pouring his handle around the tang of the knife, which I've often thought about and think it would be kind of cool to try. And he actually did it and was successful. Oh, wow. That's interesting. Yeah, that's that, that green. Yeah, I just I don't know it. if it's glow in the dark or whatever, but it's uh, it's like a lime or light green color. And if you look back in his journey on making this, you'll see like he, he made a form and then, you know, the knife is down in the form and then he poured the epoxy resin <laughs> around the knife. And, and if you go like to the last picture of that post, it looks like with the extra epoxy, he made a little green eyeball. He made a green eyeball. Yeah, I really <laughs> like that. It's very creative. Very, very creative. Yeah. I'm going to go for KR4FTY. I imagine that's supposed to be crafty, but with a 4 instead of an A. It looks like he was trying his hand at forging. He made this bottle opener out of... Uh, I imagine that was a bolt at one point. He just folded it over. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And just use the the uh, head of the bolt. He flattened that out to give just enough purchase to open a bottle. But you know, everyone starts somewhere. I don't know if this is his first time trying forging, but hey, if it's functional, it's gonna work, right? It, it's definitely uh, interesting looking, and I think he does mention he's like you know he's learning a bit of the process of understanding how to move metal. So, sure, and sure. I. And, you know, the thing is, when you're make, we have a tendency to just show our successes and, and not mm-hmm. show the failures or the semi-failures. 
I think it's super important. Like when you set your shop on fire, you know, like, uh, <laughs> you know, something like that. Um, and real quick, just moment. as a side, yeah, it was a teaching <laughs> moment. Say it's as a sidebar, you know, how many people have messaged me now with sure. photographs of their new fire extinguishers in their shops <laughs> because of this, I swear to God that my fire will hopefully save someone's shop. I was going to say, it. you're saving people, Brian. You're, right. you're saving people. <laughs> Redbeard yes. sent you a pic, didn't he? Of, uh, he his... did. <laughs> he did. Uh, James uh, over at Redbeard Ops bought a brand new fire extinguisher because of listening to the the um, Work For It podcast and then also seeing it on Instagram. Um, that that experience really opened my eyes to a lot of things, and I was glad to share it. You know, um, and not I, surprisingly enough, I didn't get one person who said like you're a moron. Because I think I pretty much called myself a moron, uh, you know, uh, enough. But, but uh, it didn't th – that can happen though. Like when you described how the spark went into the uh, um, into the cleaner, like that that could happen in my shop. I mean it's, yeah. mine's not that far from my grinder. I, I think people were confused. They thought I was using a dust collector. But in it wasn't a collector; no. it was a filter, like an air filter, like that was hanging in the ceiling. That's just meant to cleanse the air. That's all it was. And yeah, I mean, it was kind of. And I've used that setup like thousands of times and never had a problem. So this was definitely like a fluke. I will say I'll never put one that close to my plasma table again. But yeah, yeah I'm I'm happy if you go back one episode and you didn't listen to the last episode, you can listen to the last episode of the work for podcast before this one, which was episode 74. Believe it or not, we're on episode 75. <laughs> Isn't that and crazy? That's crazy. And you will hear the story about how I set my shop on fire and, and uh, hopefully it'll encourage you to go do some fire, you know, maintenance of your own fire suppression stuff. Oh because, yeah. I mean, I move stuff yeah. around so that the flammable things are away from the uh, <laughs> forge and then I did a deep clean just to get that uh, powdered metal up and out of my shop, so that. So you, you moved know. your bucket of acetone away from yes, your Yes, I did. <laughs> good, good. This is good. This is a start. Yes, I like it. Yes. So, Brian, do you have uh, affiliate links to fire extinguishers in your? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't. But I should. Um, you know, the I find that uh, I feel a little guilty like sending those to people, but I I will say like you can get really nice fire extinguishers on Amazon. I mean, they're out there. And then also Ben Siegel and I of Ben's Bites uh, probably six or eight months ago had this discussion and he was investigating and somebody even um, sent me a link on Facebook about it. Uh, these, these, they're like little, like, they look like big Christmas ornaments. They're like balls and that you hang them over wherever your shop is. And they're, they're designed to, if they, if they sense fire, they'll melt and they are like their fire suppression. Whoa. Um, and they, <laughs> they like release, you know, this, uh, gas or powder, or I don't know what it is and it helps suppress a fire. So, um, those are also out there because I, I'm not kidding you. When I thought, when I look back at the video, I realized that that fire started right around three o'clock on Wednesday normally we record at three o'clock and I would have walked out of my shop at three o'clock or a little bit before to go record the podcast during the recording that fire probably would have gotten out of control to the Absolutely. point where I would not have been able to stop it. If there was something else in there that was, you know, able to kind of deploy itself, 
Um, and these devices exist. So, um, you know, something to look into, you know. And, and it's good you had the foresight to go back and like redouse the flame. Like, cause you said it was going to spark, it sparked back up. Yeah. It rekindled itself. And even after the second time I reached my hand up in there with a welding glove on and pulled like smoldering, uh, bits of filter and everything else out that landed on my floor. So it was not completely out. It could have rekindled itself. Granted it was inside of a metal box. So it probably would have burned itself out at some point, but you never know. And, um, yeah. So just keep that in mind, fire safety. And, uh, I had, uh, I used to work in a firehouse, uh, many years ago and I had a bunch of those guys reach out to me on Facebook after they saw the video. Um, you know, they were like, what do you, you know, kind of, kind of busting my balls a little bit, these <laughs> fire guys, you know, but, uh, all in good fun, you know, so. Cool. Dennis, do you want to grab one? Are you on WFI projects? I- I'm on, and it's funny you said Ben's Bites because that's the one I'm actually looking at. He's got oh. a, a a wah handle that's like red and black and really bold. I love that one. He did a great job on that one. So that's the one I'm looking at. Uh, a couple his of weeks stuff ago, but... is yeah, that's what he's known for. By the way, is his wah handles, his mm-hmm. octagonal handle, like the, his hidden tang stuff is just off the charts good. Um, he sent me numerous pieces that, uh, we, we did collabs back in the day and like, I would send him a blade, he would send me a handle and his stuff is just top notch. That's something I've never done as a wall handle. So maybe I'll have to put that on the list. Something I tells did. me you will do it and you'll excel at it. <laughs> <laughs> I did one and I learned a lot from it. I'll say that as the pos- one and only positive thing about it. <laughs> it came out so blocky. Uh, there's just a lot to fix for next time, but yeah, it's it's definitely it's. You, I, I see the one you're talking about, um, Dennis. It's the striped red, right? Yeah. It's like black. Oh yeah, that that piece is amazing. It's I like how the bold color. It looks stri- good. Yeah, and how did he get those stripes in there? And they're all equidistant I, around the edge, so that's not easy to do. That is not easy to do. And he's, he's got a nice master. cap. He is a master, and it looks like he's an, he even has a branded uh, saya, like leather saya, that's around the top. It's blurry, so I can't see, but I'm pretty sure that's his logo. So, yeah, amazing work, Ben. As always, kudos to you, sir. Speaking of gorgeous handles, this bald man knife and tool chef knife. Um, it looks super classic. I don't know if that's a wood or a, a vintage micarta handle. It's just kind of like a brown it has white liners and white G10 pins, but it just looks so clean, so classic. You know, it wouldn't look out of place a hundred years ago, but it's just done so incredibly well. It's just, you know, I, I know most of the time when you're trying to do a, you know, trying to stand out, you know, you, you do crazy colors or you, you know, go with the high end materials, but I mean, the real mark of a fantastic knife maker is being able to take those classic colors and just do them well and make that impressive. So bald man yeah. life and tool. I know he actually just helped you move quite a bit, Brian. He did. Uh, he dove on the grenade. Uh, I don't have a lot of people in my life and I, I would guarantee probably most of us don't that would go, Hey, I see you're moving. Uh, do you need a hand? <laughs> and uh, that was definitely what happened this weekend. Cause I'm just, I would never ask anybody to like come and help me. I mean, if I really needed it, I would, but, um, he offered and, and spent most of his Saturday helping me move. 
So, uh, and helping me start my move, we're still in the process actually. So, but, um, yeah, big, big, uh, big shout out to bald man, knife and tool, my man, Brent, um, bringing his minivan over so that we could load it up with a bunch of stuff, move things, get things down. You know, you just need like extra muscle for stuff. And he was just there to help. And, um, he did say he was like, well, cause he lives about five minutes from my new shop. He's like, well, the quicker you get up here, the, the sooner I can, you know, take advantage of that cool shop that you've got. So there was some, <laughs> there was some selfish, uh, motivation there, but he was laughing about it. I was laughing about it. He's, he's welcome in my shop anytime. So, and yeah. that was really, really cool of him to come out and do that. That's a definition of like who your real friends are when you ask, uh, you know, moving day, who's going to show up. Yes, exactly. What do they say? There's like a funny saying. It says, um, a good friend will help you move. An even better friend will help you move a body. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he definitely, he's one of those guys, man. Yeah, he dove on a grenade and came and helped. So I appreciate you, Brent. So thanks so much. But you're right about that fit and finish thing, though, uh, Brian. Uh, the I've heard multiple knife makers talk about fit and finish and how important it is. And, mm -hmm. you know, that's why knife making takes so long is that, you know, you can throw something together and make it look sharp and, and, you know, it could be sharp and all of that, but it's really ultimately that final, you know, how long did you take at the end mm -hmm. to really fit things together? What do the lines look like? Does everything kind of match? Is it classic? Is it timeless? And that, believe it or not, is very hard to do. And Brent is one of those guys that can do it. Uh, Dennis is one of those guys can do it and makes it look easy. You know, that's the yeah. other thing. It's like you're looking at it and you're like, I know how hard that is. Uh, yeah, I might not show you the three times that I failed. Maybe I'll show you one. But <laughs> Right, right. Exactly, exactly. Uh, uh, real quick, since it's tagged WFI projects, Brian – by the time the podcast comes out, will we still be able to buy a raffle ticket for your yes, knife? Yes, it will still be open. It'll it closes set this Saturday, the sixth at seven p.m. So, so that's what do you got to do? Eastern. All you have to do is go over to bconknives.com, b k o h n knives like knives.com. Grab yourself a ten dollar ticket. It's right there at the top of the website. It's hard to miss. Grab yourself a ten dollar ticket. And uh, you'll be entered to win this giant Bowie knife that I made for this challenge. So, yeah. How's that going, by the way? It's going sold? well. I've, I've already broken even. I've actually started making uh, surplus or made it a positive, you know, profit. So I'm I'm all in the green now. All of the uh, anxiety has gone away. <laughs> <laughs> I told you, man. I was like, you're going to do it. It'll be fine. And you were really yeah. nervous about it. Yeah. Holy cow. I thought I was going to be sending this knife off for like, you know, 120 bucks or something. No, come on. <laughs> well, I've, ne I've never done one of these raffles before, so I've I've never, you know, even tried to have my supporters do one of these things. So I'm it thinking about doing it. I'm thinking about doing it for the beginner series knife I'm working on for the Triple T Thursday, and maybe raffling that off. I'll see. You should. No. You definitely should. And and uh, don't feel bad about it. I know some people are like, oh, I feel bad about. It. It's like, well, you know, the thing is is that it's whenever I see somebody doing a raffle and I know I have like a one in 300 chance of winning or whatever, I think it's a great way to throw some money at somebody who I believe in, you know, I and just want to say real quick, support. 
at this point, you're well better than one in 300 chances with my, with my Bowie. <laughs> Your chances are pretty high right now, so get I, on it. I get, and I gave my five tickets away yes, to five very uh, worthy makers. Uh, and they're people who all tag WFI projects uh-huh. and are supporting me and you through all of that. So it's like and- I felt like it was a great, you know, kind of. And then those people did a pay it forward too. I, I yep, they heard. they all got tickets as well. So that's doubling huge. up. Yeah, God, that's huge. That's see that that's why I love this community so much, man. It that is such a neat thing. Mm-hmm. I love, love it, man. That. Love it. Freaking love it, Brian. I love it. <laughs> All right, so you want to pick one more WFI project? Who are you talking to, me or Dennis? Either. I don't care. Oh, you know what? Real quick, I want to talk about Beck's Armory, Richard Beck. He He's working – he's got uh, a Langmuir Systems Crossfire Pro Plasma table like I have, and he designed a new torch holder, which I think is oh, definitely cool. uh, something that needed to happen, and he in- included – uh, these laser sights in it so like you can kind of turn it on and it'll show you like where your pierce point is going to be on a cnc plasma which oh, is super cool. useful and you can buy the plans for ten dollars on his website there so you go i, mm, I cool. love that i think it's great yeah it was really cool dennis do you want to take one uh i haven't looked out you go because you probably looked at the list more than i have i, I haven't scanned sure this too much. um so i was drilling over this anvil that pickle cutters set up this past weekend that 300-year-old anvil. Yeah, how cool is that? Yeah, so he cool. told me I thought he said he was either 120 pounds or 112 pounds. So it's not a it's not gigantic by any means, but well good enough for knife making. But it looks yeah, like it's in really good condition. Too. Yeah, it's it's a really old school um anvil and um really great condition and the top looks very smooth. The horn looks excellent. And he just threw it on an old stump, and uh, it looks like he forged around some, uh, just some flat bar to make a nice little um, hammer hold all the way around the stumps. It looks like a really good um, anvil, and it'll be very useful in his shop. And pickle cutters, check him out. Hustle and Grind podcast, him and Jason. Yeah, uh, the uh, him and Jason on the Hustle and Grind podcast, and there was another podcast that I started listening to. Um, oh, the Working Hands podcast. Mm-hmm. If you're not listening to that, you should. Uh, it's excellent, and they're a new podcast. Easy listen. Like, it's very simple and easy to listen to. So the Working Hands podcast, um, it's woodworking, blacksmithing. It's It's similar to, like, what we're doing with the wood and steel thing. Um, and I really love it. Those guys are great over there and, uh, give them a, a listen and a follow. And, um, and also another piece of advice, I'm listening to Malcolm Gladwell's the outliers book. Again, I think it's a book that everyone should listen to. Um, if you haven't, if you have an audible, um, account, you can go and get uh, it for one credit, but it, it discusses the correlation between, um, IQ uh, so like they take the breakdown of people who have extremely high intelligence and then also um, they they weigh that against people who have average intelligence and they work hard. They have perseverance mm-hmm. or what we call grit. Uh, and it's a very interesting listen um, because, I you know, a lot of these people, a lot of people have a tendency to think that they're not smart enough or they don't have the capabilities or they don't have the talent. This book dispels that notion. Wow. That it really isn't about your level of intellect so much as it is your ability to persevere. 
and keep working hard. So totally, I've got to shout out another podcast, Forgeside Chat. I don't know if you guys ever listened to them. I just jumped on that train. Yeah, I just started listening to it. I'm not quite all the way caught up yet. But I mean, just talk about some easy listening. Just a couple guys, couple Canadians, just sitting there talking about knife making and whatever else. Go Man, Canada! That's that's a fun one to listen to. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't know if you know this, Brian, but Dennis is uh, is a card carrying Canadian. Yeah, <laughs> he is. He is. He's a he's a I transplant. Am a displaced Canadian. There you go. There you go. <laughs> I will tell you that you're right about the Forge Side Chat uh, uh, podcast. It's Justin Laramu and Lando Novak, and they're it's easy to listen to and funny too. So very funny. Another yeah, great podcast. Yeah, yeah, excellent stuff. And uh, and they're very funny, and they're um, they've got the the Canadian sort of like Minnesota accent a little bit, you know, which I really like. I think it's funny and I think it's great to, to listen in on those guys. Hey, you mentioned, uh, Nick Tobin pickle cutters. Uh, yes, sir. who, who's going to do the next, uh, water bottle challenge now yeah. that we're up. To... <laughs> I did eight. Nick. No, did... you did nine. No, I did eight. Oh, eight in my video. And then, did... uh, pickle did, I think just jumped it to 10. Oh, Somebody okay. and then you did eleven, right? You did eleven, Dennis. I did eleven in my video. Yeah. Oh my god. I actually. Oh, that's did... right. You did do that in your video. That is. Oh man, that, it was eleven. That was a nod to B Cone here. Oh, I love that. <laughs> I love that. I love it. I just finished up a knife today that I might be able to hit twelve, or I might just go full bore, full blast. Let's might as well throw out full blast real quick. Uh, I might go full blast and try to hit fifteen or so. You're going to have to put them in a circle pretty soon and spin around. <laughs> yeah, that's always impressive, man. When I, when I watch you do the slicing stuff, I, you know, I have a tendency to not get my knives as sharp as I should. I mean, they're sharp enough, but I mean, like, you know, these guys that are doing these razor edges, um, yeah. it's just, uh, I'm, I'm working on that. I have a couple of uh, new concepts coming out. Uh, my, my sharpening jig for the revolution works really well. Uh, and it will give it like a razor sharp edge, but then just, i I have a tendency to just never resharpen them after mm. that, you know, like I just let it go and I don't know why I just yeah, this, lazy like that. This vid or this uh, knife I just finished up today is that a two knife and it's eight and a half inches and it kind of has a chef knife, um, profile on the cutting edge. And I was doing a bunch. I I just finished it up before I came home today, and I was doing a couple of little tests. I did a water bottle chop, and then I, of course, shaved my arm a little bit. And then I did, you know, how you see sometimes where people, you know, put put the knife edge up and then drop a tomato on it. Yes, mm-hmm. I did that with a water bottle, and it split it. I don't know if that's good or bad, but it looked cool. <laughs> that's cool. It looked cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, so I'm I'm gonna play around with that probably the next couple of days, trying to figure out how to uh, do one of these big long. You know, I don't know if I'll do twelve or if I'll just try to up the game significantly. With the this the best one I saw um, was a guy took a knife, held it like edge facing him, and then took a piece of Kleenex, put Ooh. it against it, and blew against it, and sliced the Kleenex into. It. Whoa. Holy I was like, Whoa. smokes! That is sharp. I mean, if that's that's real, that's sharp. Have Have you watched uh, any of Alex? Um, 
uh, from Outdoors 55. Have you watched oh, any yeah, of his yeah, videos? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. He did one on actually splitting hairs, you yeah. know, with a with a microscope. microscope. <laughs> yes. And he filmed it and showed how it's possible and did it with uh, he. Um, I don't know. He uses a uh, diamond uh, plates like he, you know, hand sharpens and then and then uh, he sells straps on his website and he straps everything by hand. See, I just don't have the patience for that. I just don't. How do you sharpen, Dennis? What do you use? Um, I And I say this in many videos. I suck at trying to keep something at a, like a, an angle, whether it's like putting a bevel or something. I cannot do that by hand. That's why I have to use a rest. Um, but when I'm sharpening, I use the Wicked Edge um, sharpening mm, system. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, that's what Aaron uses too, right? Yeah, I was the one that turned him on to it. Oh, right on. Okay, yeah. Yeah, he I've seems very uh, – he was very uh, um, uh, surprised that I I belt sharpen. He was like, I, I, I don't know how you could do that. You spend so much time on making a knife and one slip, you know, and you're, <laughs> you're, you mess up that blade. I'm like, it's because I'm, in, I'm terribly impatient. Like I just <laughs> need to get these things sharp enough, you know. Oh, I was going to say forward. you just don't slip. You're just that good. <laughs> I have slipped. I, this is why I have like 50 rolls of blue tape in my shop because I cover my blades and like everything yeah. in blue tape just to make sure that I don't uh, mess That's up. That's how I finished my day was doing a belt sharpening session on six knives. And, you know, you just you just get in the rhythm. And some there have been times where I've gone up to the belt grinder and I, I finished doing handle work, which is pretty, you know, pretty easy, you know, sculpting handles and whatnot. Do a little bit of hand sanding, make it look pretty. And then I there have been times when I go to belt sharpen and like you just you feel it in your soul like today is not the day I'm going to make a mistake and I don't do it. But today, I so got you, it. So you, you go up to the grinder, you're about ready to do it, and you're like, you know what? No, I'm gonna yeah, screw it's, not, this it's up. not feeling it. I'm not feeling yep. it today. And you step away. <laughs> step so you, away. Have impu- you have that much impulse control where you're just like, I'm not doing this. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean. This is experience talking, isn't it? <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> no. <laughs> if they talk about my experience. knife ends up a quarter inch narrower. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. See, the problem is, is I've done that too many times. And I'm like, you know what? If I go up to this and I'm not in the right mindset or I've got, you know, yeah. if I'm a little too tired or if I've had too yes. much caffeine and I'm jittery, you know, it's it's just not the day to do that little fine detail work. And now and, what, does your grinder go in reverse? Or no, it do does you not. Have to, so nope. you have to sharpen it uh, edge down. Correct. And, mm. you know. I use I use the top of that belt to do that final, you know, making it nice and sharp. And uh, you know, if it catches, it throws it in your face. So Yeah, that's true. You gotta get a just you have a K back twenty seven D, you gotta get a reverse switch. It's yeah, super easy. Should. They're like twenty five yeah, they're twenty five bucks. They're twenty five bucks. That's it. Twenty five really? bucks and it'll go in reverse. Yeah. Oh no shit. Yeah, it's I gotta do wires. that too. I got the same one. Yeah, it's three wires. It's super simple. I'll send oh, you guys yeah. a link. I just I'll send you an affiliate link on Amazon. There you go. Hey. I just assumed it'd it. be more expensive. I'm than cashing I never in. looked into it. Uh, yeah, no, it's tw- it, it's super easy. I do it to all the grinders that I make, and um, it's a game changer. Just because you can go in reverse, and you know, I, especially for sharpening. I mean, it just yeah. makes it so much easier. Yeah, and I sharpen at the slack portion of the belt, like at the top, yeah. so I get a slight convex. Grind. Yeah, I use. I go. I mean, I bring it to a nice sharp point on on the platen and then i i just refine it on the top but yeah 
Interesting. Interesting. All right. Listen, hey, we are one hour into the Work For It podcast. You know what this means. I'll get my trombone ready. (laughs) (laughs) So at uh, the top of the hour of the Work For It podcast, we read a dad joke. And this one comes from my buddy, Rusty Scoven. Rusty Scoven sent this to me today. Today. This one was very good. And it's apropos since it's close to Halloween. You ready? Yes, sir. What do you call a typo on a headstone? What would you call that? A grave mistake. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Uh, as you guys know, you can go to uh, patreon.com forward slash work for it and support what we do right here on the Work For It podcast for as little as $1 a month. You can support everything we do. That's $12 a year. Uh, most people spend more than that uh, on a, on a, a one lunch, you know, going out for one time. And uh, I want to shout out all of our patrons, starting with our OG patron, Mr. Mark from MW Steelworks. Uh, and Mark, another Mark, Mark Vanderwerf, which is 118 Blades. Justin Miller of Florida Man Forge. Devin O'Hara of Art of Craftsmanship. Noah Bloomberg of Entiat River Forge. Standy, Stanley Showstack. Michael Nye. Jamie Blow. Jamie the Squid. Eric Peterson, Bob Ryan, Brigham Kindell, Scott Wilkerson. Scott Wilkerson, a buddy of mine down here in Florida, just had a birthday. Happy birthday, Scott. Keith Drennan, Bob from the UK. That's all we get. We got Bob. Brian Hooten of Hooten Knives is. is now, this is getting into our new Patreons. Brian Hooten of Hooten and Knives. Jason Moss, uh, longtime listener, longtime supporter of my work, Jason Moss in Texas. Mark LeBlanc is another. Uh, he's, I believe, he's Canadian. Mark LeBlanc. Sounds uh, And yeah, yeah. And Ken Kim Kemna. Ken Kemna. Ken, if I'm butchering your name, I'm so sorry, but it's Ken K E H M N A. So Ken Kemna, I believe, is how you say his last name. These are all our patrons, and you're supporting what we do right here at the Work For It podcast, and we truly appreciate your support. Mm, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, in tr- I have actually uh, sent Brian and Ben some links to some new microphones and equipment, and we're Super deciding on what that. to do. Yeah. Yep. I'm definitely going to do the, the Rodecaster Pro. Yeah. We're getting that. Yeah, we're definitely cool. getting that. But the microphones, I'm still – the jury is out on those. But uh, I think I've got it narrowed down to two different microphones so now dennis before we kick off this uh podcast before we get on out of here who ended up with more votes brian house or brian cone <laughs> i knew you were gonna ask me this <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah uh brian cone takes that one Woo! no kidding <laughs> brian cone hey look at you brian yes Holy sir crap nice job <laughs> I think he called every one of his relatives and got them to vote. But... <laughs> I was in the middle of a move. I couldn't do oh, any. Uh, okay. I couldn't do any campaigning really. But uh, mm, this okay. is probably why. I don't know. <laughs> That's awesome though that you got more votes than me. I love oh. that. I freaking love that, dude. That is so great. Oh shoot! I am gonna wipe your. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna beat you next time. Oh, I'm making abs- it in my project. Go for it. This Let's is, try it. Yeah. Let's, you, you I gotta get cut. Can you do it? <laughs> I beat you in the first one. Oh, okay. All right. 
You weren't in the first one. <laughs> oh, hey, I Brian, that. I was watching Brian House. I was watching, watching, listening to Knife Talk podcast the other night, and they were talking about rolling mills. That's something you should make. Get on You're that like one. the third person to say this. And in fact, I actually, about a year ago, started prototyping one. Um, I just never finished it. Um, and you're right. I'd love to build one. Um, I didn't know they existed until I went. Uh, I saw somebody on Instagram had one. And I was like, what the hell is this thing? You know, and it's this amazing device with it's fairly simple. There's not a lot to it. It's hydraulics and wheels and, you know, high torque. And um, but it looks super handy for making Damascus and San Mai and everything else. And I started totally. thinking, like, why doesn't everyone have one of these? And then I started shopping for one, and I realized the 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 price is the reason. You know, they're oh. really expensive. But, but are they more um, expensive than a press? They seem like they're cheaper. Um, the ones I've looked at were were comparable to a press, I would say. But the press seemed to be a little bit more versatile, like it does sure. more things. So I think that's the reason why people, you know, lean towards uh, having a press. But if you think about it. The same hydraulic system in a press is the same hydraulic system that could drive one of these rolling machines. And in fact, we saw one at Blade. There was this big green machine that was a press and a roller. But are uh, they normally hydraulic? Roller. I thought they'd be just mechanical. Uh, I believe they're hydraulic. They're driven by hydraulics. That's what actually what turns those those oh. big um, uh, the big rollers is actually hydraulics. And because that's so so much torque and pressure is needed, I don't know if you could do that mechanically. Correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, I don't know. The ones I, I looked at were, were all driven by – the one at Blade I know was hydraulically driven, um, which I found fascinating, you know, that that was even a thing. Um, but it was – did you see the one at Blade? It was like this big green machine and it had a roller on one side. And no, no, I didn't, I didn't see that it was at Blade. But I've seen them before. I've been looking at them. I looked at one about a year ago, but it was just – it's not something I could build as opposed to the press. Um, but I'm super interested. You make one, I'm there. Like I want one. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I yeah. could use I, one on this last build I'm doing. I would think it would <clears throat> revolutionize the, the Damascus making game. Just like Mareko was saying, like it's it would be so much more easy to get the same thickness, you know, to, to, to draw things out and, you know, make Sanmai and everything else. So, yeah, it would be it would be definitely be something I just got to find some free time. I'm so busy with the revolution project and keeping up with that. It's, you know, that just has monopolized my life <laughs> for the last uh, year or well, I mean last like three years I've been doing it, but the in the last year it's really gotten so busy that I've not been able to do anything. I've never, I've not even been able to prototype new stuff. You need an R and D department. I do. I do. I, I am, uh, I don't know if I want employees again. That was the thing is like, I, I think if I did, I would hire one person maybe, you know, and just have somebody with me, but well, it's good to have ideas for the future. People. So you're saying I should move to Florida. Yes, exactly. <laughs> let's go. Let's do it. I mean, I, it's it's really one of those things where I love this so much that I want to see it grow bigger, and I and I'm torn. You know, I'm torn with it. But hey, we'll see where it goes. You know, I and I also love creating content too. So that's the thing is that I feel like the Revolution Project and its success is financing. You know, everything I want to do with mm -hmm. you know my new workshop and everything, and it's allowed me to stop doing my other money-making endeavors and just focus solely on that. However, 
I'm not able to create as much content as I'd like. And, um, and also I find I get a lot of pleasure in, um, the R and D portion of prototyping machines. That is actually, you know, like I want to build a tumbler. I want to build a press. I want to build all these things. And I just simply, I'm one person. So I don't have a ton of time. Um, and a rolling machine would be even, that would just be crazy cool too. So like combine all those things. At some point, I imagine, you know, the, the revolution project may calm down where I would be able to, you know, kind of switch gears a little bit and do something different, but we'll see. But um, yeah, massive success. These are all high class problems and <laughs> I'm truly blessed. I feel blessed every single day that I get up and do the things that I love doing. So yeah, for sure. All right. Well, hey, listen, gentlemen, it's late for us anyway. On the West Coast there, it's like, what, four in the afternoon, five in the afternoon? Yeah, ten to five. I'm ready for dinner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so I'm going to close the show with this. I'm going to say that um, we we are in full support of the next challenge of whatever you do, Dennis. And I hope you hear, you know, with every one that we've done, we've promoted it, you know, on the Work For It podcast and on mm-hmm. Instagram and everything else. I just see more and more success from you in regards to the, these endeavors that you're doing. I don't know where it's going to take you, but I just know that you're going to find massive success doing it. So, and not that you haven't already, but even more so, and we're totally behind you and we love what you're doing and we love your work. So kudos to you, man. Thanks guys. And I love the podcast. I'm a loyal listener every week. Sometimes I'm lying in bed at 6am listening to the podcast. No kidding. <laughs> oh yeah. Wow. Oh, you put, you do put headphones in and so oh, no, I just annoy my wife. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a possibility your wife knows what my voice sounds like. Oh, she does. Nice. Nice. I like it. I like it. There's, I always say, always say this and whenever I find out like a woman has listened to the podcast, I'm like, that's nuts to me. It's just crazy because we're, it doesn't make any sense, but I love it anyway. So it's great. Um, but, uh, all right, well, listen guys, have a great evening. It was such a great time to talk to you. I know that you guys are going to have a great working week moving forward and you're out there working for it. Good luck and hard work is my new saying, and I'm going to just bless you all with that. Hard work and good luck. I'm Brian House, and this has been the Work For It podcast. Yes, sir. See you guys later. Thanks for having me on, guys. Thanks again, Dennis. All right, man. Adios. 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 (laughs) Come on, Dennis. Do it. Do one. (laughs) Give us an adios. Adios. (laughs) I don't sing. You'll never hear me sing. (laughs) This country was built on a distinctly American work ethic, but today work is in trouble. We've outsourced most of our manufacturing to other countries. And with that, we sent away good jobs and diminished our capability to make things. American Giant is a clothing company that's pushing back against this tide. They make a variety of high-quality clothing and activewear, like sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more. All made right here in the USA, from growing the cotton and adding the final touches. So when you buy American Giant, you create jobs for seamsters, cutters, and factory workers in towns and cities across the United States. And it's about more than an income. Jobs bring pride purpose. They stitch people together. 
If all that sounds good to you, visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with promo code STAPLE20. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.